do something that you know you should be able to do and you can't do it? I mean, there, you know, something that, that you're like, this should be what I should be able to do. I know it happens. I know it works. And it just for some reason it doesn't work. Two times this week, I've had people call me about keys in this church. <laughs> the keys didn't work. One time was this morning. And one time was last Sunday when we're trying to, they're trying to unload from the youth trip. Keys that don't work in certain locks. And you know, it's nothing more frustrating than walking up knowing that something's going to happen and nothing happened. There's nothing more frustrating than, than trying to figure out what it is that, that, is, that is making this occur this way. I, I brought this computer part this morning because there are times when you can ask Carrie, she'll get so mad because when I... When I begin to work on something, I want to get it done. I don't want to put it off till tomorrow. I don't want to wait until later. And so I will lock myself in my office at the house. And I will plug something in and I will run everything I can on it. I will figure out what is wrong or it is going in the trash before I'm done because I am not going to stop. Because when you turn on the computer and something's supposed to happen and it doesn't happen, it's frustrating. <laughs> computer operator shaking her head because last week that happened during this. And so I'm going, I go to pray and it's frozen and she's just back there praying, please pray for a long time. <laughs> last week we talked about the, 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 the Mount of Transfiguration. We talked about the fact that we have to come down. And this week we're going to pick up right where that story left off in the Gospel of Mark. And I want us to look there at a picture of faith that we see um, down at the bottom of the mountain. And that picture of faith occurs for much the same reason as the key in the door or the computer that is, that is messed up. And So let's pick up there this morning in verse 14 of Mark chapter 9. Because when they came to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and scribes disputing with them. All of a sudden, when the whole crowd saw him, they were amazed and ran to greet him. Then he asked them, what are you arguing with them about? Out of the crowd, one man answered, teacher, I brought my son to you. He has a spirit that makes him unable to speak. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to drive it out, but they couldn't. He replied to them, you unbelieving generation, how long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him to me. So they brought him to him. And when the spirit saw him, it immediately convulsed the boy. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening to him? Jesus asked his father. From childhood, he said. And many times it has thrown him into the fire or water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Then Jesus said to him, if you can, everything is possible to the one who believes. Immediately the father of the boy cried out, I do believe. Help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was rapidly coming together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. Then it came out shrieking and convulsing him violently. The boy became like a corpse, so that many said he's dead. But Jesus, taking him by the hand, raised him, and he stood up. And after he went into a house, his disciples asked him privately, Why couldn't we drive out? And he told them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Let's pray. 
Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you we praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that you would take this time and use it for your glory. Father, use me as the best of the words that I speak. Be yours and yours alone. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your blessings. And we ask all these things in the name of your son, Jesus, and for his sake. And all God's people said. Imagine the disciples. Remember, they're the ones who were left behind. You know. The three disciples got to go with Jesus on the mountain. The disciples are left behind to hold out four. Jesus has given them power before to go out and to cast out demons and to heal the sick. He's given them this power. I remember they come back excited. Jesus, even the demons shake when we say something. And man, Jesus is like, no big deal. I knew that was going to happen. But Jesus is gone on the mountain. And this man brings his boy and he says, please, please, please help me. And the disciples try. The disciples do what they've done before. The disciples do what they know works. And it doesn't work. The disciples put the key in the door, but it didn't turn. The disciples tried and the program froze. And they didn't know what to do. And then Jesus comes down and he sees that a crowd is gathered. There's nothing worse than knowing that you should be able to do something and not being able to do it and then everybody else showing up telling you how you're supposed to do it. Ever that happened to you before? You're trying to get something done, it's just not working out and everybody else has their own opinion telling you how it needs to work and they all show up. The crowd has formed. The Pharisees are there. The Sadducees are there. They're sitting there just talking and saying, well, you're doing it wrong. That's not how this works. If y'all would just... And so they're disputing with the disciples. And Jesus comes down and says, I've been gone three hours. Y'all are already in an argument. What in the world's going on? What are you arguing about? The disciples don't answer him. The... The crowd doesn't answer. Instead, the dad steps up. Well, Jesus, um, my boy, he's got a beat. And I brought him to the disciples because honestly, I heard that they do these things. And they can't get it done. So the rest of this crowd is just, you know, they're rubberneckers. They're just trying to give their information and tell how it goes. Jesus, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know how I should handle this. And as I read this story, and I look at the idea of faith here, the first thing that really stands out to me is that the condition of our relationship with God directly affects the power He will show in our life. Not the power He can show in our life. The power He will show in our life. Because obviously when Jesus comes down and he casts out the demon, we see that God has the power to cast out the demon. But in that moment, the disciples for some reason could not get it done. And they were very, very upset that they could not get it done. They didn't understand. Jesus, I don't get it. They waited until the crowd went away. Because, you know, nobody wants to be shut up in front of the crowd. So they waited until they went away. They went into a house and privately they said, Jesus, um, why couldn't we do that? And he said, well, this type only comes out by prayer and fasting. I don't know if that's a slap in the face or what. I mean, because weren't they already praying? They probably weren't fasting because they had been, 
accused of that before, right? Pharisees and Sadducees said, why is it that your disciples are eating like gluttons, basically? Jesus said, well, the bridegroom's here. While the bridegroom's here, it's a party. Later on, that they'll fast. So they haven't been fasted yet. They're not to that point where they need to be. Jesus hasn't told them to do that yet. The people who fast with the Pharisees and Sadducees, guess what? They didn't get it done either before Jesus got down here. But Jesus says this only comes out by prayer and fasting. Their relationship wasn't at the point they needed to be. Their relationship with God was limiting what God would do. Because God needs us to have a relationship to work in the way that He wants to work. Because God always wants the glory for the things that God is doing. Always. If we can do it on our own, we have a tendency to say, look what I did. Look what I did. Man. I met a pastor, evangelist, I don't know what he was once, who, and I always was uncomfortable because he would talk about how he had the gift to heal cancer. He never talked about God healing cancer. He talked about him healing cancer. And I kept thinking, that doesn't sound like something God's doing. Because when God was working, when God is working, there's a clear identification that it comes from God. You know, it's funny when you read the things that are happening in the Gospels, and, and Jesus will get to a place where stuff happens, and the man born blind, and the disciples say, Jesus, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind? He was born blind. I don't know how his sin could have gotten there to begin with. Because before he was born, I don't know how he sins. But anyway, that one was already answered, I thought. But Jesus said, well, neither. This was done so that God's glory could be seen. Our relationship and the condition of our relationship with God directly affects the power of the if, if we If we simply have an acquaintance with Jesus, we're probably not showing much power. If my relationship with Carrie was that of an acquaintance, you wouldn't call us married. Or at least it wouldn't be a good marriage, right? I mean, if, if I only knew her from the things that I saw on Facebook, Facebook has ruined the word friend. <laughs> right? I mean, I have 450 friends. There are people on my Facebook friends list that I've never met. But there's some pastor in some country somewhere who's a friend of a pastor that I know. And so they figured they should just go ahead and be my friend too. And because I want to be a good witness for Jesus, I'm not going to say, no, brother, I won't be your friend. But I've never known them. And I know little things about them, but I don't know them. It's the same thing with our relationship with Jesus. If we just know about Jesus, but we don't really know Jesus, Jesus isn't going to do a whole lot of things in our life. He's not going to work in a whole lot of great ways. Now, He may do things every once in a while to grab our attention, but there are people that I have met in my lifetime who had such a relationship with Jesus that I felt like every time they turned around, something miraculous was happening. Every time they turned around, I was like, Whoa! Look at the power of God fall. Because their relationship was such that every breath they took was the breath of God in. 
They did what I was told in a class once. They called it holy breathing. You breathe in God, and you breathe out all the negative stuff. And they lived their lives that way. That's really what they believed. And everything they did, they just went through the eyes of Jesus. And they said, okay, God, how, how should I do this? God, what shirt should I wear this morning? I've never done that. Maybe I should. Maybe I'd look better. I don't know. <laughs> and I, but that's, that's just it. The condition of our relationship affects how it's going to work. These disciples were disconnected a bit. They were uh, down here. Jesus was up there. I kind of wonder if they didn't have a little bit of hurt feelings, too. child who it is, is great most of the time but there are times where I will say or mama will say set the table Israel wouldn't. Those are the two times Jesus was amazed. 
And we see here that he couldn't do any miracles among them because of their lack of faith, because they refused to believe. And so our faith, or lack thereof, will directly affect God's ability to work in our life. If we don't believe, he's not going to work. He's not going to do those things. If we walk around all the time thinking, well, God doesn't love me, he's not going to take care of me, he's not going to give me what he promised He's probably not going to because your faith says He's not going to. But if you walk in victory that God has called you to walk in, great things begin to happen. It's our faith that allows God to work. And that doesn't mean that we're always going to get our way. We have all either been the person or known the person who has prayed for something earnestly from God and did not receive what we asked for. We've all been there, right? Has there anybody in here who's always had every prayer answered the way you wanted an answer? No? I didn't figure so, because that doesn't happen that way. Because usually when we pray, we're not praying in the spirit we need to sometimes, and so we don't see the overall picture. I had some youth ask me one time, about God and time and timelessness and all that good stuff. I was filling in for the youth minister. And I told him they could ask any question and I'd take it on. I was glad I had the Holy Spirit that night. Brother Joy, how is it that I accept Jesus? But he already knows. Said, you ever been to a basketball game? Yeah. We usually try to get on the, the court, you know, we wanna we wanna see what's happening, we wanna be close. But you know when we're close, we don't see everything that happens sometimes. Our our view is biased. But God He's sitting way up there. And he sees the whole court. He sees everything. So he knows when that ball gets thrown, it looks like to us that that ball's going that way, but that ball's actually going that way because of our angle. God knows where it's going. He knows what's happening next. Because he doesn't see one part of the court. He sees the whole thing. Man, God sees the whole thing. And so when we begin to pray to God, God knows what needs to happen. A couple weeks ago, I shared with y'all the story of my dad's accident. Yesterday would have been his, what did I say, 68th birthday. And I remember... I was, the, I was the only one who saw my dad before he went into surgery for the bleed on his body. I, I remember getting there. I remember going in the room. I remember the, the figure laying on the bed covered in blood. That's, that's all that I saw. And I remember still feeling like a little boy. I was 20 years old. Feeling like a little boy crying out, crying out to God, please, please save my dad. 
If I had that to do over, that wouldn't have been my prayer. If I had that to do over, if I, if I could see what was going to happen like God could see what was going to happen, I probably wouldn't have prayed that. Because he lived, but he wasn't alive. And he lived for 11 more years. It literally took that long for my sister's prayer to also reach the point where it was God let him have peace. What we ask for sometimes isn't what we get. That's like the, the meme we see on Facebook sometimes. You've seen the one where the woman was mad because she won the Toyota and it was a toy Yoda. <laughs> sometimes we ask and we don't receive just simply because we don't know what God knows. But if we don't have faith, God can't work in it because God can change what God wants to change. You know, people want to tell me that, that God doesn't do that. He doesn't change his mind. But if he doesn't change his mind, then he lied to the king in the Old Testament. When he told the king, you're going to die, and the king repented, and he said, oh, by the way, Isaiah, go back and tell him I've changed my mind. So either God was lying to the king, or God changed his mind. Because of his faith. Here is this idea of faith and how it affects God's ability to work in our life. Because he says this to the Father, because the Father says, if you can help, if you can do anything, have compassion on us. And Jesus' answer, I love it. If I can do anything? If? Everything is possible to those who believe. And then the man says, I do believe. Help my unbelief. You know, faith is not a once-for-all step in the life of a believer. The man believed. Jesus, if I didn't believe, I wouldn't be here. But I also know that I tried everything that I know how to try. I've done everything I know how to do. I came here to your disciples as a last resort, and they couldn't even get it done. And they're doing the things you told them to do. So Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. Give me this thing so that my faith will grow. Our faith is supposed to grow. If our faith never grows beyond the point of walking the aisle and saying, Jesus, I want to be saved, our faith is dead. Now, a dead faith in Jesus will still get you to heaven, but you're not going to get there very, uh, you're not going to get there very rewards. You're going to get there and they're going to be like, and at the bottom list, don't get you barely made it in. Ash through the fire is what the scripture says. Our faith is supposed to grow. There are times that our faith will ebb and wane and move and go back and forth. There are times where I walk out the door and I know that today I can move mountains. And there are times when I walk out the door and I go, I need to go back in and go to bed. <laughs> because I can't do nothing today. I can't even open the door. 
I mean, you know, that's just it. There are times when you feel that way. There are times when your faith is strong. And you know that you can do anything that God puts before you. And there are times where you're like, God, why am I even here anymore? Your faith can grow. Our faith can be grown. We have to exercise our faith. You know, we start exercising faith at a young age. Maybe not in God, but faith completely. Okay, guys, my size exercise faith all the time when we sit in the chair. Just when you sit down, you have faith that the chair's going to hold. Right? But I remember at swimming party about 11 years ago, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, I don't know, a long time. I was in the, the community swimming pool in the deep end. And so I was paddling with my feet really hard to stay above water. But I had this one little girl in the church. It was a church swimming party. She's about three, four years old. And she wanted to jump off that diving board so bad. So I paddled in the water. And I said to her, trust me, I'll catch you. That little girl exercised her faith that day. Because she jumped off and said, I'm going to believe that this man is telling me the truth. And then I had to do it for 30 minutes in a row. <laughs> but she still exercised her faith. We exercise our faith in the little things. We exercise our faith whenever we, whenever we write that check or take out those bills to put in the offering plate. We exercise our faith. We exercise our faith whenever we say, okay, God, I can't do this, but I know that you can, and I'm going to put it into your hands. We exercise our faith. We exercise our faith when in the face of adversity we say, okay, I'm going to keep going because God wants me to keep going. We exercise our faith. We exercise our faith in those ways. Because our faith is supposed to grow. And just like any muscle in your body, it cannot grow if you don't exercise it. Taking care of my dad for 11 years, I learned a lot about what happens to your muscles if you do not use them. They atrophy. They waste away. And you become helpless, and you become weak, and you become limp. You're dead weight. When we treat our faith in the same way, our faith becomes lifeless, it becomes helpless, it becomes limp. And it's useless. It doesn't do anything for anybody. We're given faith for one reason. There's this misunderstanding in, in church today that we are given faith in order to get to heaven. No, so that's a byproduct of why we're given faith. We're given faith and we're given salvation so that we can reach out and take that same gospel message to others. That's why we're given faith. Our faith really isn't for us. Our faith is for others. Jesus never said to the disciples, now you know me, you're done, go home. Jesus said, now you know me, I now call you friends, I no longer call you slaves. Go and do what I've called you to do. Love each other. isn't mine. My faith is God's. The life working in me, the faith living in me is not my faith. It's Jesus' faith. Because faith 
dynamic process or gift or power in the life of a believer. It is. It flows. It does so many great things. And if we don't use it, we lose it. I don't know how many Christians I know out there today who don't belong to church, who don't talk to God. They made a profession of faith. They sealed the salvation of their soul, but yet, because they did not use their faith, it's become worthless to them. And they no longer see it as important as Maybe today maybe today you're like the disciples. I don't know who I identify more with in this story. It probably depends on the day I read it. <clears throat> but I understand the disciples and I understand their frustration. I'm supposed to be able to do this. Jesus told me I could do this. I've done it before. Why can't I do it now? Maybe it's time to reconnect with Jesus. Maybe this morning you are the Father. Jesus, I believe, but this mountain in front of me is big. And I know you said move it, but Jesus, it's big. You know, Jesus never said moving that mountain wasn't going to happen one show before the time. He just says, tell that mountain to move and move. It may take work. It may take faith to sit there and just hammer at it. William Carey is one of my heroes of the faith. The first Baptist missionary. And he went to India and worked by himself for almost a decade before he had one comrade. But he never stopped. He continued to work. He lost two wives along the way. He lost children. But he continued to work because he knew he could move that mountain because God told him that. Maybe today you're like the Father and you're saying, Jesus, I do believe. Help my unbelief. But maybe today your need is something else and you want to pray. The altar's open. Pray. Maybe you have some other need. Maybe you want to surrender missions or ministry. Maybe you want to join this church membership. Maybe this one you've never known Jesus as your Savior. Now's the time. It's easy. You just say, Brother Troy, I want to know Jesus, and so we'll go from there. But wherever you're at, whatever you need, give it to Him. Would you pray with me?